Jesus' name. We thank you, God, Lord, that there's fresh manna here today. The presence of God is all around us. And Lord, I thank you. When you show up, miracles can happen. When you show up, the captive can be set free. When you show up, God, the shackles come falling off. When you show up, God, and in in, in inhabit the praises of your people, that's when the impossible becomes possible. Lord, we didn't come here to glorify a stage. We didn't come here to worship a pastor. We didn't come here to worship some team. We came here to give the King of Kings glory and honor and praise. And Lord, we just shout, we shout, we clap, we lift our voices. Come on, Bridge Church. Come on, Bridge Church. Before anybody takes the stage, before we do anything, come on, can you give the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, glory? Come on, you're not worshiping a platform. You're worshiping a a throne. You're worshiping the King of Kings. Come on. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. God, you're here, you're here. Holy Spirit, give me the the unction to preach today. Help me preach today. Help me speak to your people today. You may be seated in this wonderful presence and atmosphere of God. Wherever you're sitting, you can feel the presence. And now you're looking around, hopefully not walking around. You better be sitting. Uh, You're looking at the stage, and as you look at that podium... Uh, you're looking to where you expect me to be, where you're used to seeing me. But I'm not where you expected, and I, I want to talk to you about the journey that we're all on because every journey has a destination and every journey has a beginning. I might not be where you're used to seeing me, you're, the camera, the stream, wherever you're streaming today, both of our prisons are joining in with us. Uh, but I'll get there. I'll get there. I want to read a scripture to you in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 3. It says, Therefore hear, those who have ears, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, again, O Israel, somebody's going to hear today, the Lord our God is one. You shall, this is where Jesus quoted scripture. You know, the, you know the passage. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as a frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so it shall be so. When the Lord your God brings you, somebody's going to move today, into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Houses full of all good things which you did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten, hear me church, when you've eaten, you're blessed, you're full. Remember, beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I want to preach today about a message entitled, from the house of bondage to the house of blessing. What he was telling them is that when people see you, 
and they see how blessed you are and how good things are going, you got to let them know that I haven't always been here. I, I didn't. I, I haven't always been on that stage. I haven't always been blessed. I haven't always had everything all together. I haven't always had everything figured out. My marriage wasn't always this good. Right? My kids weren't always this great. You, you got to know me because where I came from. See, that's the hard part. People are used to seeing you where they met you. They don't know all that you've come through. Oh, man, I'm, I feel like I want to preach right now. Uh, we're just, say, say, warm it up, Pastor. We're just warming it up. We're warming it up. But you take each step, and as you move towards it, as I move down this aisle, I'm moving towards what I can see, the destination ahead of me, but I can also see where I've come from. And each step I take, I move a little bit closer, and that's great because I I think we all want to move towards the blessing. See, I haven't quite reached the place where of fulfillment and blessing, but I've left the place of comfort and convenience, so I'm in this place that I have to have peace in a process. So... Because when I get in through here and I'm trying to walk through, I'm going to walk by a lot of people. I'm going to walk through a lot of situations. I'm going to take a lot of steps. I'm going to continue to move forward. And people are okay with that as long as you stay where they met you. Oh, man, come on, right? This is going to preach. As long as you stay where they know you, where, you're, where they want you. Because the moment you say, I got to better my family. I got to better my marriage. All of a sudden, it stirs up the enemy and it stirs up all kinds of things. And all of a sudden, all of the people who, who come out of the woodwork, who never had an opinion about your life, but when you started advancing, when you started bettering, when you started getting a better job, when you got the promotion, when you got the raise, when you decided, hey, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to live for Jesus. Oh, you better than us? Why are you trying to take more? Why are you, why are you moving further away? Come on, somebody's going to move further away from who they used to be to where God's calling you. But every affliction that the enemy brings, we can look at the, oh yeah, we're going to get there. Oh, the affliction, we can look at the affliction and we can look at the tests and the trials and the accusations and the plans of the enemy that come against us. But every time he tries to pull me down, it just becomes a step underneath my feet because my word says that he is going to be a footstool underneath me. That's what the Lord's going to make And every time I get closer, when the enemy tries to stop me, it doesn't stop me. I might have to take a step up and become a little higher, but I am getting closer to who I'm meant to be. I'm coming closer to my fulfillment. And what the enemy meant for destruction, God meant for a stepping stool. And I'm just going to step into my fulfillment. And I'm going to step into, come on, you're going to step into your fulfillment today. You're going to step into your blessing today. You're going to come through something. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm coming through, baby. Jesus walked slowly through the crowd. I'm already preaching, and some of y'all aren't used to a preacher, but you came today and and you thought you walked into a quiet church, but guess what? A quiet church is a dying church. A quiet believer is a dying believer. And if this is resonating to somebody that you came from something and you're headed to where God's called you, you need to give God some praise and say, thank you, Lord, for the process. Thank God for what you're doing. Thank the Lord for what he's done. Because I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. And, and I want to ask you, you super Christians out there, will you have patience for the rest of us who aren't perfect and allow us to get to where we're going? <laughs> okay, good. Just look forward. Don't look at anybody. Just look at me, act like, oh, yeah, we're all with you. I would never think that. 
Open your Bibles to Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. I'm going to talk about the blessed house today and the blessed life. I wanted to begin that message off like that intentionally. Stir things up. Shake you up. I might even make you mad today. Because I'm not here to glorify the flesh. I'm here to glorify the spirit. And sometimes the flesh is going to get all sorts of squirrely. And, and it's, it's not going to know what to do. And you're going to squirm in your seat. And you're going to feel like, who told him what happened this week in my life? And the funny part is, is I don't. And to think that I do is foolish. But to know that the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, the voice of many waters is going to speak to your situation because he knows where you're at. He's going to speak to you. He's going to challenge you. And that's the power of the word of God. Every day we can come in here and we can receive a fresh word from God. And I'm building. Today's going to be good, but you ought to be here the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week I'm back. I haven't preached in a few weeks, so I might go like two or three hours today. <laughs> Y'all okay with that? Uh, but I'm going to go. I'm going to preach today. And then next week we're going to talk about this is breaking bondage. Next week is breaking mammon. And then we're going to talk about the spirit of multiplication in our third week. But I want you to look with me. I want to talk to you about the blessed life. So let's read the scripture, and they're going to extract the truth. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands, some of your versions are going to say, in the path or in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, the blessed man, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by living waters. Man, I, I just get fired up when I read that. It's planted by rivers of water, streams of water, planted by the living water. That brings forth its fruit in season. Whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall Prosper. Everybody say prosper. You know, I, I want to be clear. I'm not teaching a prosperity doctrine. So a prosperity doctrine says name it, claim it. I'm just, I want a Bentley. So God wants me to prosper, so give it to me. That's not how it works. We don't believe in a prosperity doctrine that was created by man, nor do we believe in a poverty doctrine that was created by man. We believe in a provisional doctrine that was created and established by God and reiterated by Jesus and then reiterated by the apostles and said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now, knowing that, a good teaching to understand that, that doesn't mean we take out the word prosper and put whatever we in there. That is false doctrine when you decide which words you like and don't like. So just because we don't adhere to that doesn't make prosper a curse word. Joshua, the Bible says the Lord helped him prosper, continue to prosper until he became very prosperous. So this is how the Lord communicates to us. is He's telling us, I want to help you prosper. And I don't think a single person in this room reading that last line of verse 3 that says everything you do, your marriage, your kids, your business, everything you touch will prosper. I don't think anybody would say, oh, I don't want that. And if you do, you're a fool, and we're going to help you in a different direction. Now let me just teach you what a fool. The Bible says a fool only learns by tragedy. So don't, don't let tragedy teach you. 
Let's switch over to the house of wisdom. All throughout the book of Proverbs, the Bible says that there's two houses calling, a house of wisdom and a house of folly. And throughout Scripture, there's only two houses that you could really be a part of, the house without God and the house with God, the house of the cursed and the house of the blessed. And I want to help you walk in the house of the blessed because some of you, a light bulb is going off saying that there's only two choices. There's not an in-between. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to move today. Today is moving day. Everybody say moving day. day. So we're going to move today. And some of us are going to decide to move. Some of us are going to already on the move. Some of us are almost close to the new house. And I want to make sure we arrive at our new home correctly. Because the blessed life has three don'ts, one do, and then the process of progression from the Holy Spirit. So let me teach you. So the first point here that I want you to write down is... That when you want to be blessed, you cannot walk with the ungodly. And in fact, even further, the counsel of the ungodly. So that means that I need to be instructed by the right stuff. Because what you digest is what you become. So if I have all these inputs, and and, and they're all from the world pulling in and pushing in and feeding me and feeding me. And I've got one pastor in my life who's trying to teach me, I'm going to have a hard life of frustration and contradiction because what the world says is usually the exact opposite of what God says. And so God's, because I'm going to be real with you. I'm a, I'm a lot of your preacher and pastor, but I'm not your teacher. You get teaching from a lot of other people. And so when you come in here and you hear the preaching of the word, you just want to be encouraged because if you get challenged, it might contradict what they're all telling you. And so God is trying to change some paradigms and get you to leave some old counsel. <laughs> Did I touch a button? Did I say, hey, I'm not. Those are good friends. Those are good people. You're going to have to leave some ungodly counsel. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean you don't pray for them. It, does, it just means you can't walk with them. You're called to walk with Jesus. But some of you have gathered around you the wrong people, and you're getting the wrong voices in your life. Take a deep breath. Last service, I came out. One lady jumped back, and I was like, and she was brand new. It was her first service. I said, I'm not going to hit you. I was like, that hard. But I... I I, I, I wanted to get out here because I want to tell you. I want to, be, I want to be personal. I like being personal because it's not powerful until it's personal. But I, I want to give you this, this impartation of how to live the blessed life, and it comes from having to say, okay, I, I love you. Because I, when I was a kid, I, I moved around a lot. I was born in Maine and then, New Jer- then lived in New Jersey, back to Maine, and then moved to New York, then moved back to Maine, then moved to, uh, this is before the age of 11, then moved down to Houston, Texas, Went to four different schools in my fourth grade year. Then I went to uh, Cunningham, Texas. None of y'all know where that is. Rusk, Texas, and all of that area near Paris, Texas. Another, just, yeah, you know there was a Paris here in Texas. So I moved to there, and then I moved to high school. I went to Dallas, Texas, and then after high school, I went to Phoenix to go to Bible college. Then I went to Lake Havasu, and we planted our first church in Lake Havasu, and then we came here, and we planted our next location, and in September, we're going to begin the process to launch in Phoenix. And so God has called. I've moved a lot, man. I've moved around a lot, and what I learned, I learned, I learned how I could love somebody and not be connected to the hip. I can pray for somebody and not have to see them every day. 
I can, I can, I can be friends with somebody and still move on towards my purpose, and, 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 but without harming and burning that bridge. I can move towards where God is calling me to, and I can I, I not necessarily cut ties, but go ahead and say goodbye and grieve that relationship because God's moving me to something better. Because anytime you hold on to something and you, and you don't want to let go, you're saying it can't get better than what I have right now. And God has greater, healthier relationships with you, better counsel for you that will help you. And, and what you've got to do is you've got to get in the right counsel. Who's feeding you? Who's pouring into you? The Bible says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in the word of God. And I know a lot of people who tell me, well, I just don't understand the voice of God. And I don't know if I can hear God. Well, uh, don't tell me that when your Bible's closed. You got to you got to open that word. you got to get in the word. It's going to confirm. It's going to affirm. It's going to, it's going to direct and guide. It's going to tell you how faithful God has been because the ungodly counsel will tell you just like this. Why do you go so much? Why are you always there? Why do you give to a church? You know they just want your money. Ungodly counsel is going to tell you the exact opposite of what God's telling you. And they don't want you don't. The enemy doesn't want you to open your Bible because all he'll tell you is affirm what you're doing. Confirm the direction you're headed in. Tell you how great you are. Tell you how loved you are. Tell you that you're on the right track. Tell you that you're doing the right thing. Tell you that you're a you're a great parent and not a crazy parent. Somebody said amen. Right. Because that that, that's where godly counsel comes in. I'm going to go a little bit further. Is that all right? Because when the word says don't conform, but be transformed. Some of us, I want you to picture, and I don't want to do it today because I made a mess uh, last time I spoke about it. But what it is, is that if you saw different cups up here in a pitcher, and I was to pour the water into the first cup in a different weird cup, and it was all cool shape. And then I was like, you know what? It's getting kind of stagnant. I'm going to go to a new church. And I pour me into a new church. And I change and I conform to the new church. Or I pour me and I conform to a new city. I pour myself into another place. And all we do is conform, but we haven't really transformed. Because we haven't changed it over. The, the literal tra- definition of transformation is like a butterfly from, from a little caterpillar. But some of us, God has tried to turn you into this beautiful butterfly. And you have the wrong counsel around you that keeps you dragging in the dirt instead of flying in the air. And you got too many worms all around you telling you, nah, just stay down here. Stay right here. You don't need to fly. You don't need to soar. You don't need to further your family. You don't need to further your ministry. You don't need to further your business. You need to go ahead and conform to doubt and discouragement. You need to conform to all the ways that we're telling. Just stay right here with the worms. And God's saying, no, I, call, I created you to fly. I'm trying to transform you. I'm not even trying to take water and turn it into ice. I'm trying to make you a whole new creation. Because the old is gone, the new has come when Christ has shown up. But we need to transform. We need to fill our mind. And it sounds so simple, but yet not done very often. And as believers... We need to change. Uh, let, let me just tell you, we could even do that. It could happen in church. It could happen right here at church. That's not how the worship is supposed to be done. This music is too loud. That preacher's too wild. He speaks and spits everywhere. That guy's crazy. They're planting churches. They're reaching prisoners. On Easter, we had two rows full of prisoners come to our service. You shouldn't mix those kind of people with us. That's not how men, And we, we, the ungodly 
in a church can drag you down and get you walking in the wrong direction. But God has transformed us to proclaim good news to the poor, to set the captive free, because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon somebody today to declare the year of God's favor in your life. But ungodly counsel will tell you, oh, everything's going wrong. It's not going right. Ungodly counsel will tell you, don't go to that men's event. Don't join a group. Don't, 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 don't join a team and serve. Oh, man, I'm ahead of point right. Okay, here, let me just tell you, I, I'm done. This is my little soapbox, and I'll get off in a minute. I'm done apologizing for people serving the church. I'm done. I'm done. This is my statement. This is where, it, where I'm finished. Why? Because let me tell you, uh, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you should just, man, I'm sorry you have to come in 30 minutes once a month to help you know, your church, I, I really hope it's not too much on you. If you can show up half the year and, and, you know, just a couple times and give and pass an offering bucket, I hope it's not, is it too much on you? I really am so sorry. And, and we apologize for serving the kingdom. But let me tell you where it happens because people in church who have served, who were serving the, a person rather than God, they get burnt out, they get frustrated, they get confused, and then they get aggravated, and now they're saying, I need a break. And the last thing they actually need is a break. They need to turn directly to God, and every time those doors are open, they need to be there. Every time the altar's open, they need to be on their knees because that's what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to a healthy church with healthy people, to a healthy God who wants nothing more than to bless you, but the enemy wants to curse you, kill you, and destroy you. That is his plan. And if you ever feel led that direction, it ain't God. It's our own flesh. James chapter 1 says that we are tempted and drug away by our own evil desires. We're not called to go that direction. We're called to have counsel. And I hear this all the time. Well, it's not about going to church, Pastor. You know, church is not that important. It's about the family. You know, a family that prays together, stays together. We're in our word. We pray, Pastor. The hard part with that is reality. (laughs) I have seen families who pray together fall apart. I have seen families who act pious and be destroyed and never come back. And because they're doing the opposite of what Scripture tells them. What does the Bible say? He says, as for me and my house, we will pray occasionally. No, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Serving will bring, come on, you can give God praise. Somebody who's going to decide to serve today. I know all our volunteers are because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to put God first. We're going to tithe. We're going to give. We're going to volunteer. We're going to be a part of groups and teams. Why? Because a family that serves together really stays together. I have yet to see a family fall apart and not come back together because life hits us all. But not come back. A family who serves together will remain together. But that is the opposite of what the ungodly will tell you. You've got to serve together. And you'll come back and the Lord will lead you and guide you and piece you back together. Life hits us. It hits us all. You don't think for a moment that anybody who's ever taken the journey you and I have come through, walking by. How about the children of Israel when they were walking around Jericho? You think when God told them to be silent and walk around, you don't think there was trash talk? Come on, your trash talkers out there, go ahead and smile for me a little bit. You know what I'm talking about, Chris. They, they, the trash talkers, you know, you're going to go ahead and talk some trash, right? Oh, marching around again. 
Nice trumpets. Cute. Walls are still here. Just want to let you know you've done nothing. All the trash talk, every time they take a step of faith, every time the Lord told them to keep your mouth shut and just listen to me, don't listen to the enemy, don't listen to his voice, don't listen to God, ungodly counsel, I've got a plan for you, I've got a purpose for you. Every time the enemy tries to tell you, quit reading that Bible, you haven't heard nothing yet, quit praying, you haven't heard nothing yet, quit going to church, you haven't seen change yet, that's when you just take another step of faith and say, I'm coming through, I'm going from the house of curse, I'm going to the house of blessing, and I'm going to step into what God has called me to be, because I'm not going to listen to everyone else because personally I only listen to people who are invested I want to know you're invested this isn't a one-way street if you're only a taker I don't want to hear from you but if you're gonna if this is give and take then yeah I'd love to receive and I want you to be that to be an encouragement in your life who do you have in your life that only takes and never gives don't and don't don't chalk up telling you what to do as giving that ain't help How about love me? How about pray for me? How about just be there for me? How about give me a hug instead of gossiping about what I'm going through? How about go ahead and just go take another little step, prepare a meal for me and my family when we're struggling instead of talking to us about the with the other families over there? How about you go ahead and you really hit your knees and love me and get good godly counsel around me instead of trying to pull me back? Because ungodly counsel will try to keep you. The second thing is this. The second thing he says is you don't want to stand in the way of the sinner. Don't stand in the path. Don't stand in the ways. Because the digression of sin and destruction in the enemy is he's going to get a good moving believer to stop. He wants a good moving believer who's trying to improve their family, trying to take care of stuff, trying to get better their life. And he's going to say, let's just stop and talk about this for a little bit. Hey, before you go there, because this is, let me just tell you what worldly wisdom sounds like. Let's just stop. Let's stop. Let's talk. Let's make sure you're doing good right here before you try to do anything else. That's the voice of the enemy. Doesn't it sound like a little good with a lot of bad? And and, and that's exactly what he wants you to do is get you to stop. And what he's going to do is all of a sudden you're not just stop. Now you're going to start looking like him. You're going to start standing in the ways of the sinner. See, you might have gotten saved but you still got ways, right? Am I talking to a room full of sinners here that were saved by Jesus? You have our old ways. Jesus, when they, or God, when he delivered the children out of Israel, it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them because they had the ways about them. They, they learned how to be delivered and set free and saved by the Lord, but, but they still had these ways about them. They, you know those people who still got those hateful ways about them. Those unforgiving ways, those bitter ways, they still got their vengeful, manipulative ways about them. And they're going to work their ways around you. And then pretty soon you're starting to sound like them, look like them, because you stopped and stood with them. Let me ask you a question that you can write in your notes. Who are you standing with? And better yet, who is standing with you? Because you, you ought to know who's standing with you. You ought to know who's moving with you. You ought to know who's walking with you. You ought to know because the cursed life is a life that says, oh, just stand here, man. And what is a sinner? James, again, gives us the definition of a sinner. It's someone who knows what to do and does not do it. Someone who knows that you should be doing better. Someone who knows that there is better out there for you, and they want you to stop, stand still, become stagnant, and eventually die. Because the next unhealthy step is when he gets to the third piece, the next don't, is don't sit with the scornful. 
Just look straight forward like you don't know anybody who's scorned, like you don't know anybody who's bitter. Because if they're bitter, they'll never get better. they got to let that go. People get bitter over people they don't know. People get scornful over past arguments and hurts. People get scornful over things that didn't even involve them. Absalom was David's son. And he had every right to be bitter and scornful. You know what happened? His sister was raped by one of his other brothers. And David did nothing. And so Absalom, who had every reason to be bitter and scornful and mad at his father, went to the gates with that bitterness, the gates before you come into the kingdom. And all he did was like, I love David, but he could be doing better. I love David, because that's how bitterness and scornful sound. I I love it, but shouldn't we be doing something different? It could could be better. I I love David. I think David's great. Oh, I think Bridge Church is great, but uh, are they really doing it right? Oh, I love your family, but is it really... And, and they'll continue to get you. And what's, what they're going to do is they're going to do this. Hey, let's just, let's just, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and talk about this. And it's not, the funny part is it's not about you. See, we always think that the enemy is going to be obvious, like this huge blatant, like, oh, you should stop going to church, hate the Bible, hate Jesus, and man, I, I'm the devil, and yes, I'm coming for you. <laughs> He's going to give you a heads up and a warning and tell you his whole master plan. In fact, in the New Testament, through the translation of Greek, when, when we see the word spirit, it's not referring to the Holy Spirit. It's referring to something that is very persuasive. So what he's going to do is he's going to persuade you. We know Glenn. He's going to talk about somebody you know. He's going to talk about somebody you're familiar with because you're going to get, he wants, all he wants to do, the spirit of scornfulness and bitterness, is to get you to agree with him. You're right. Yeah. And then he's going to get you not, he's going to get you nodding. And then he's going to get you going agreeing and smiling. You're right. We should do something. No, no, no. You stay right here. I want you to continue to stew on that bitterness. Let me go get more people. And that's what the enemy's going to do is he's going to get you to go from a believer that was moving to a believer that's standing to a now believer that's seated, that can be defeated. And he's going to keep you there. And he's going to continue to drag others down around you because you have now received the seed of bitterness and scorn. There's nothing more worse than a, the scorned woman. How many? Come on, right, hallelujah. All the ladies got quiet. I'm not hating on the ladies. I'm saying there's nothing worse than being scorned, than being being hurt, than having a real reason to get contempt in your heart. Because that's another word that, that we see in this scripture is contemptuous. We can be contempt, full of contempt, full of scorn, full of bitterness, but you can't be seated or you will be defeated. You have to stand up. You have to keep moving. You have to keep pressing towards what God has called you to. You can't continue to have that dialogue and that conversation. The enemy just wants to sit you down and to talk with you and to get you to agree to some unhealthy, a little bit of truth and a lot of lie mixed into one. He's going to get you to buy into a truth that you, we are better. We do know better. They're wrong. Something's wrong with them. We're going to fix them. That's what's wrong. Oh, no. And And now the enemy's got us. In agreement. And when the enemy can get you to agree with him, he's got you. This is how destructive he is. Do you see the progression or the digression of the enemy? Now, a lot of us would think that the opposite is true when it comes to the progression of God. And I need to close. Josh, you can come up and join me. Uh, but I'm going to take a, just a minute to teach on the end of this. Because he says that the next, the do for all of us is simple. Meditate on his word day and night. 
I read my Bible. I, oh, I, I'm in my Bible. Is it hidden within your heart that you might not sin against it? How much is enough? Let me ask you, how many times does the enemy come after you? How many times is discouragement? How many, thought, how many times do you have thoughts of doubt? How many times do you have thoughts of aggravation and hate? How many times, for every thought that you have in the wrong direction, you should have a scripture in the right direction. You should, have a, you should have a reading time. You should have a prayer time. You should, you should be here every time the doors are open this week from 6 to 7. And our night, our week of prayer where we emphasize, because the whole point is to see souls one for the kingdom, to expand the kingdom of God and to continue to advance the kingdom of God and to let people grow closer to God. And I think the whole church should be here. I think our prayer services should be bigger than our Sunday services, personally. That's just my feeling. We're getting ready to go into fall pumpkin spice latte season and all the wonderful things that come with that uh, and all the girls wearing their you know Star Wars vest to church and, and, and the cool you know looks that they have but let me tell you we can all I want you to help me preach here a little bit when it's not a fruitful season there's no fruit on the trees and winter is coming and it's fall what's going to happen to those leaves fall and die and what God is saying here is the opposite there are going to be seasons. In due season, you're going to reap a harvest. But even in times where the enemies come at you, even in times of drought and famine, even in times when it's difficult, even at times when you don't know what's going on, even at times when it's not a season where you're going to be fruitful and harvest and increase, I'm going to sustain your life and your leaf to where you're not going to wither, you're not going to fade, you're not going to fall, you're not going to look like you're dying. You ever had somebody walk up to you like, man, you look tired. You need rest. You ever had somebody come up to you and tell you, like, oh, wow, thanks. You look weathered, young man. You ever, God says, I'm not even going to let you wither. You're not going to look weathered. You're not going to look like you're defeated. You're not going to look like you're going through all hell. You're going to stand firm, and God is going to sustain you with his mighty word. He holds the universe continually in motion and moving by his very word. He sustains our life. He sustains everything we do by his very word. He says, I will uphold in my house. When you're a part of the blessed house, when you put me first, I will sustain you. And when all the storms come in and the cold comes and winter comes, I'm going to guard you and protect you. Come on. I know somebody, I'm preaching to somebody in here that God, you feel like winter is coming. You feel like you might wither and fade and God's saying, no, I will sustain you in this season. I will carry you through this season. No, there's not enough water for you. No, there's not enough sown in the ground for you, but I will uphold you because you have put me first and you belong to my house and there will be no need go unmet in my house. That's the word of God. And it's so powerful. And then he goes in, he says, you'll be like, you'll reap a harvest in due season, which means God's timing. And I think of many of us need to have that picture that we don't need to reap a harvest every season. First of all, it's unhealthy. Second of all, Vince Lombardi, I love sports. Vince Lombardi puts it like this. He says, victory would never taste so sweet without the bitter taste of defeat. Sometimes I, uh, the reason when, when I, I'm in want, right, 
that I still praise God and still love God is because I know there's going to be a season of plenty and I'm going to praise God then because anybody can praise God when everything's going right. Anybody can give God glory and clap in church when your family's doing well. But when all hell is trying to come against you and there's not a harvest season and you're sitting in these pews and these seats and you're sitting in that chair right now and you don't know, you feel stagnant, you feel distant, you feel disconnected, you don't feel the passion, the fervor of God in you. It takes real faith for that kind of person to put their hands together and praise the Lord and give God the glory because that's real faith. Seasons of harvest are wonderful, but I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall ever be on my mouth. And as praise goes up, I I taught this a few weeks ago, as praise goes up, blessings come down. Most of us come to church and you think your worship is all about you going up, but it's about what's coming down. And if your mouth is closed, you can't receive Some of you came into worship and you didn't really know how to worship before you came here. And the enemy has taught you to keep your mouth shut and observe what's going on. But worship is not an observance concert. Worship is an engagement. Worship is a participatory practice that you ought to be engaged in. And we're not here to spread what we want. We're here to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I don't know what else would get you fired up than other than knowing that Jesus came and died and rose again for you. And that no matter what may life may throw at me, he who has overcome the world, he's overcome the world, is greater in me than he is in the world. I know that I can stand on that. And this is the best part. I'm going to close. I promise. This is the best part. He says that you're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Some of your rivers say by living water. There's a lot of pictures you can take from that. Number one, you need to be planted with the Holy Spirit filling your life. Number two, the church is a part of that process. You need to be planted in the church. You need to grow roots. A potted plant will never grow as great as a seeded plant in good ground. You, you, ha- you can't be this transplant. Get planted. Get connected. Grow deep roots. In fact, the Bible talks about the cedars of Lebanon and how great they are and how massive they are. And the reason how he glo- mentions them and talks about them and, uh, and Solomon talks about them is because they, they would grow these deep roots, but then the roots would reach out and reach to other roots and they would grab it. Give me your hand. They would grab a hold of another root. And the reason you can't really get these trees up is because they've intertwined with each other. And now they're, you can't, it's pulling one tree no way. Pulling a thousand trees that are all connected together. No way. Can't do it because you found a way to be planted and be rooted. The other picture that I want to show you that the Holy Spirit gave me is it's not just planted near, but you are planted by. Because that's what the scripture really says. You are planted by the living water. So God in his all-knowing omniscience said, I'm going to put you right here. I'm the one who put you in Flagstaff. I'm the one who put you in Arizona. I'm the one who put you at Bridge Church. Some of us have lived so long that we think that we put ourselves in this seat today. But God is saying, no, 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 no. When you come to my house, I'm the one who places you. I'm the one who plants you. I'm the one who soils. I'm the one who covers you. I'm the one who waters and grows you. I'm the one who puts you here. And God plants you in there. And then what happens is you're covered and you're surrounded by darkness. And many of us, I I know right now I'm looking at a handful of faces. But let me tell you, you, you're surrounded by darkness and fog wondering what's next. 
But God does his greatest miracles in the dark. It's in the storm that Jesus does his best work. It was in the darkness that covered the void of the deep that God spoke the universe into existence. It was in the slumber of Abraham in darkness that he created the covenant between man and God. It was in the slumber of Adam when he put Adam to sleep that he walked over to Adam and pulled the rib out of Adam. In Adam's darkest moment, he didn't know what was going on, but God was pulling something out of him that he didn't even know he had. And God begins to extract the greatness out of you. Even in your darkest moments, God Remind yourself, refresh yourself. God has planted me here. God will, so, God will water me. God will take care of me. God will help me. God will guide me. And you may feel like a little seed, but you're meant to be an oak tree that comes bursting through the soil into the light and establish yourself on this earth so that God can use you in a mighty way. But it's in the darkest moments that we need to understand that God will do his greatest work. You may have begun to move and You may have gotten to the Lord, and he says, all right, I'm going to plant you now. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, I'm going to put you in the ground now. Wait, whoa. Okay, I'm going to cover you with dirt now. And God says, I'm going to plant you so I can grow you. Because if you're not planted, you won't grow. A seed in your hand only can go so far, but a seed in the ground can become. And the Lord wants to help you become. The Lord wants to help you establish yourself. And he's going to do this. He's gonna, what he's going to do, he's going to come and he's going to pull things out of you. Talents you didn't know you had. Faith you didn't know. Where did that come from? He's going to come up to you and say, pull ministries out of you that you didn't even know were in you. Isn't that what he did with Saul? In Saul's darkness... That's when God showed up and he said, let me reveal something great within you that you're going to become. And he became Paul, one of the greatest apostles ever. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, we're going to move today. We're going to move today. We're going to move, God, Lord, from the house of bondage to the house of blessing. We're going to move today from ungodly counsel to godly counsel. God, we're going to get fueled and filled by the right input. And God, we're going to lead. We're not going to stand still in the ways of the sinner. God, Lord, we're not going to sit with the scornful and the bitter. God, Lord, we're going to continue to move forward towards your blessing, towards your house. And God, you're going to plant us by living waters. And God, Lord, we are going to bear fruit in due season. God, Lord, we are going to continue to meditate on your word day and night. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you are going to bring forth a great harvest. And Lord, we're going to continue to be sustained through all seasons. God, Lord, because everything we put our hands to will prosper because we belong to the house of the Lord. We belong to the blessed of the Lord. We belong to the redeemed of the Lord. We belong to Jesus. And if we belong to Jesus, we are heirs according to the promise. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're going to stop living in the curse today. We're going to stop living under the curse of sin and death and shame. We're going to stop living in the curse and we're going to start moving towards the blessing. We're going to live this life. We're going to put you first. In fact, I just feel that. Will you all stand with me? I, I, I I, I want to do something. Oh, Holy Spirit. Have your way.
Holy Spirit, have your way. Come on, I need some saints who've received the good word to begin to just pray and just worship God. We're not here to close this service out quietly. I don't know what kind of church you think this is, but this is a church of passionate believers who know when the word of God has been spoken and gone onto good soil and sown onto good ground, that it needs to have a, a produce that needs to have a production that comes from a response that comes from the word. And Lord, we're going to respond today. We're going to respond today. Let me just speak to your hearts as you do this. I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me something. Some of you have packed up your boxes from the house that you used to be and you've brought them here. And all you're doing is trying to transfer your problems from one place to the next. And you'll have this, and you'll have your new home destroyed within a year if you don't get rid of them. You need to leave your boxes. You need to leave. It's moving day, and you don't need to bring a thing. You don't need to pack a thing. You don't need to take anything. You need to leave it all behind because somebody's trying to drag those old boxes in with you, drag those old relationships in with you. I need somebody to hear me today because you're saying, God, I need you to bless me with a new business. God, I need you to bless me with new finances. God, I need you to bless me in my marriage. You're expecting the blessing of God, and God is withholding until you drop that old stuff, until you drop those old boxes, until you let go of what was. And when you let go and you start to speak to God right now, and I want you to speak to God in your own voice and say, oh, Holy Spirit, I, I, I let go. God, I let go of those bitter people. God, I let go of that uh, scornfulness. God, I let go of that unforgiveness. God, I let go of those ways. I don't need those ways in my life anymore. I don't need to operate in those ways anymore. God, I'm going to leave those old habits behind. I'm not going to stand still anymore and become stagnant. Lord, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep growing. And Lord, I'm going to get rid of the ungodly counsel. Some of you have been listening to so many voices. No wonder you're confused. You feel bipolar. You feel psychotic. You feel like you've got all kinds of things going wrong in your life. And you don't know which way is up. And you don't know which voice is God's. And you can't bring clarity into your life for, the, for, for everything you've tried. And God is saying, today is the day where you let go of those other voices. And you make room in your heart for me. And only my voice will be the voice in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. And God is going to put his voice in you. And you're going to know it. We don't need to raise a church up full of people who don't know the word and the voice of God. We need to raise a church of mighty believers up who know exactly what God sounds like. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray against the spirit of confusion. I pray against the enemy. I pray against the author of confusion. Lord, he will not win. He cannot have the victory. Lord, we are going to have the victory over our city and over our state and over our nation. We are going to continue to expand. We're going to continue to see souls won for the kingdom. And Lord, I thank you that every word of the enemy, every plan and scheme of the enemy has to fall. Our city will become a city set on a hill. Our city will become a city that knows what revival sounds like. Our city will know what the Spirit of God sounds like. Our city will know what the Word of God is and how to stand on it. That we're not standing on being politically correct. We're not standing on government. We're not standing on any person's shoulders. We're standing on the rock, the solid rock of God who is our sure foundation and He will deliver us. He will sure us up. We will not falter. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for what you've done today and what you're going to do. <sighs> Revival is coming. Breakthrough is coming. Blessing is coming. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you want to praise him. You, 
you want to praise him. Some of you, like you feel like you want to worship. You feel like you want to say something. You feel like you want to forget about all the naysayers around you. You feel like you want to forget those who came with you and you just want to press in a little bit. Let me just give you permission. Go ahead. Go ahead and worship Jesus because if there's anything that will get the attention of your heavenly father, it's worship. It's praise. And when God hears the praises of his people, his attention turns to you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, God. Lord, we thank you, God. We magnify you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Move in our hearts. Move in our life. God, you are faithful. God, you are good. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity for somebody today who says, I want to leave that house. I feel like I've lived in that house of bondage and curse too long. I want to move. Today's moving day for me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hands right now. Thank you for the hands going up all over this building. Thank you for both of our prisons tuning in. Raise your hands, men down there. Raise your hand. If you got your hand up in here, I want to pray for you. Thank you for all your hands going up. Praise God. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every hand raised, every heart that's opened here and online. And Lord, I pray for freedom in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the captive be set free. And God, let us step into the house of blessing. Let us make strides towards where you're calling us, God. And Lord, let us continue to put you first. Meditate on your word day and night. Hide the word of God within our heart that we might not sin against it. And Lord, get godly counsel around us, God. Lord, get people who know how to stand with us in faith, not in the way of the sinners, people who know how to sit and counsel us rather than scorn us. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. You're going to plant us. You're going to plant us right now. You're planting us in this church. Some of you are brand new and you came to this church and you didn't know what to think. God is planting you here. God is putting you in the ground. He's saying, time to grow something. Time to build something. We've been talking about it long enough. It's time to actually do it. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. You're going to bless businesses like never before. You're going to bless marriages like never before. You're going to help the prodigal children come home. God, you are going to do the miraculous and we're going to see miracles, signs and wonders and healings. God, because your word declares it be so. And Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for every hand that's raised and heart that's open and life that's prepared to move because a moment with our Savior can become a movement in our life. And Lord, I thank you, God. We've had a moment today. Let it become a movement in our city. Let it become a movement in our state. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's give God some real praise. Come on.